0: Hi, my name is Aaron
1: and this is Micah and you are listening to the WP square one podcast with us today is Mickey Trivett, the founder of Webco USA, happiness engineer for known host, uh, Fedora master, street performer and, uh, all around awesome guy. Happy to have you with us, Mickey.
2: I'm happy to be here with you guys.
1: So um, are there any things that I failed to mention in your uh, introduction there?
2: No, not really. I mean, you know, maybe future president of the U.S., you know. Sweet.
0: Yeah, but the bar is rolling. (laughs) Oh, wait. Sorry. Let's not get political.
2: (laughs) No promises.
0: (laughs) Sounds good. Tell us about your uh, street performing, because that's that's, uh, something that I don't have on my resume and probably never will be.
2: I was just bored one day at home. And I was like, I told my wife, I said, I think I'm going to go out and dress like a freaking statue. And she said, what are you going to do? I said, are you going to be okay if I order some stuff off Amazon? And she said, well, why would I care? So <laughs> anyways, you know, two, $300 later, I order a, uh, a white suit and then I basically ruin it. I cut it up to pieces and I paint it gold and or actually copper. And, uh, then I go all over the city I live in looking for makeup to match the suit, and you talk about weird. Going going and looking for makeup, and when you're a 36-year-old guy in a department store, that's kind of awkward. Uh, but anyways, I did find the makeup, put it on, and I basically did it just to do it and to see what it felt like, and I uh, went down to uh, uh, an event we had here in my local town, which is Jonesboro. And um, I stood in the street and dressed like a copper statue, didn't move or anything. People offered me money, and I was like, I don't want y'all's money, I just want you to smile. And I just did it just because I wanted to do it, and it was fun, and it was interesting, and I would do it again. I still have the suit. It's totally destroyed now. I thought about sending it back, but I don't think they'd take it, so.
0: I think you need to uh, dress up and go to WordCamp US.
2: Yeah, that would be that would be fun.
0: Yeah, you get some attention.
2: I'm a hat guy, so um, I have a top hat that goes with the suit. That's probably about twelve and a half inches tall, and it was it was pretty awesome. Uh, it was extremely hot too in that suit. Let me tell you, those street performers, it amazes me how long they can stand out there in that hot sun. Just I was soaked with sweat and stuff. I mean, it was it was no fun, uh, but it was it was all the fun. But it was no fun sweating like that. If you get know what I'm saying, so it was very interesting.
0: Understood. Well, you said Jonesboro. So where are uh, where do you live? Where are you from?
2: I live in Jonesboro, Tennessee, which is the oldest town in Tennessee. It's located right outside of uh, Johnson City. We're about an hour and a half uh, from Knoxville. We're basically in the tip corner of Tennessee. Uh, people refer to it as Tri Cities. A lot of people know it by Bristol Motor Speedway. Uh, if you're into racing or NASCAR, we're pretty close to Bristol. So. We're, we connect, basically, with uh, Virginia and North Carolina, if you want to get technical about it. So,
0: Fair enough. What do you do, I guess, for a living? Tell us about your business and, I guess, kind of how you got there.
2: So, I own and operate Webco USA, which, basically, we are a web design firm. We've been in business since 2004. And I just really, I mean, honestly, the it's kind of a funny story how I even got into this business. And that was... I sold my very first website without even knowing how to do a website. I was at a flea market out of all places and I was selling uh, basically surplus computer equipment that I bought off of a uh, college. And a guy walks up and says, hey, would you be interested in um, doing a website? He said, you look like you know what you're doing. And I was like, okay, yeah. And I said, sure, I know exactly what you need and, and I can take care of that. And I, I had no clue what I was doing, but I told him I did. And anyways, he's like, cool, I would like to get a website. So I sold him a website there. I think it was around $500. Anyways, I did the website for him. He loved it. But before I could do the website, I actually had to figure out how to do a website. So I actually did that with static HTML. And I think I used FrontPage2000. I I think that's what I used. But anyways, I did that website for him. And then it just grew from one to another and another. And then eventually, uh, about six years later... Um, I got the call of a lifetime after I actually knew what I was doing. I was working with Joomla. If you're familiar with Joomla, yep. I was working with, I think it was Joomla 1.5, and I literally absolutely hated Joomla at the time because every time I turned around, something was breaking or something was changing or, or something. But anyways, Joomla 1.5. I was working with it, and then I uh, had a client call me out of Utah. And said, hey, would you be interested in um, doing a website for us? And I said, yes. And we did a website for him. He loved it. He loved it so much. He called us back. He said, how would you like to do all of our websites for an entire corporation? And I was like, well, how many are you talking? And he was like, 30, 40. Oh, wow. So that was a dream client. And then to date, from that time, um, we've now grown our business from that one website at a flea market to over 200 websites in 41 different states. And what's funny is I never intended to be a web designer or a marketer or anything like that. I wanted to be a lawyer or a a cop. I had no interest in being a web designer, but that's kind of where I ended up.
1: Interesting. I also find it interesting that you were trying to decide between a lawyer and a cop. That's, That's a unique selection there.
2: Yeah, I, I, my favorite my favorite shows uh, growing up was Law and & Order and uh, Police Academy. I don't know if you all are fans of Police Academy. Oh, gotcha. Academy. And I was just like, man, I love Police Academy. And then you, you top that off with Law and & Order, and I'm like, God, I don't know if it was just a power thing or what, but that's what I really wanted to do. And plus, I love to debate. So uh, my wife always tells me I always think I'm right, which most of the time I think I am right, but that's just me, you know uh but <laughs> it was it was uh, it was a very interesting thing with uh the way I ended up coming into this industry and so on and I've done other things I've owned other businesses um I owned a mobile app business and I had a partner with it and I ended up getting too busy with webco so I sold that business out to him and I've done a few other things as well. I even owned an ice cream truck, and I decided that the ice cream truck—it's more—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a lot more fun to eat the ice cream than sell the ice cream. <laughs> so um, I sold the ice cream truck, and uh, but I, I like to do a little bit of everything, and uh, I just like to keep it—you know—keep it fun and interesting.
0: Sounds kind of like Micah. Micah started off, if you don't mind me telling, Micah—he oh, uh, used to cut grass. So, and then. Uh, sold his business and started doing WordPress stuff. So it was kind of interesting, just total switch in what what he was doing. Micah, you want to tell a little more?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I've, I had a lawn care company, ran it for, oh, I don't know, it was close to 12, 15 years, something like that. At the same time, I had a martial arts studio. And uh, <laughs> come to find out, I really liked running the business, but I didn't like the, the work <laughs> for at least the lawn care. So I actually thought I was going to become a professional organizer and work with companies, help them get their business processes in order. But I found out that this whole web development thing was another way that you could help people do the same kind of thing. So I ended up doing that. And that's actually uh, Aaron's business partner introduced me to WordPress. So that's how I got into it. But yeah. Yeah, he forced similar. me into WordPress. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> entrepreneurs at heart. Yeah. Do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, see what works and
0: go with the the things that work. Yeah. What year did you start doing that, Mickey?
2: When, when did I start my webco? Yeah. The webco. Yeah. I started it. I can actually tell you the exact day. I started it December the 26th of 2004. Uh, And everybody's like, why did you do it after Christmas today, after Christmas? And I was like, well, why not? You know? And I was part time all the way up until I think, trying to remember the date when I went to not part-time and I think it was 2009 10 somewhere I finally went full-fledged in and I just said hey I'm not going to work for anybody else I mean my mentality was if I wasn't happy I wasn't going to work for anybody so I mean when I was 21 years old I had 22 jobs by the time I was 21 years old and I just, I literally did not like working for people if if they didn't, if I wasn't happy, and you know, I would just quit. But I finally found something to like doing, and, and I become a manager at a local grocery store, and uh, and I did that while I worked on Webco from the beginning, and then I got into the security industry uh, with that same uh, outfit. And uh, I worked for that that company for about four years while I was still doing Webco part time. And I finally I was out in the middle of a, uh, a hayfield, and I basically uh, just called up my boss. That was the security guy, and I was and I said, Hey, you know, I've loved working with you. It's been great, but I think I'm going to go dedicate my time to my business full time now. And I literally just quit cold turkey, and took the big jump, took the risk, and I don't have a regret since. I mean, I absolutely love what I do now. So. Um, it's, it's been great. It's been good. I mean, there's always hills and valleys, of course, with any kind of industry like service based, but, uh, but that's part of it. That's kind of the fun part.
1: So there's a lot of people who are probably in the same boat where they're trying to go from a secure job to working for themselves. So what was the timing or the thing that, that really kind of pushed you to say, Hey, I'm going to quit doing these other things and do web code full time.
2: Yeah. So I think the thing that pushed me the most was I was just not happy. I mean, I was traveling all over the place. I was driving. I'd already drove two or three cars in the ground from where I was driving all over the place, uh, putting tons of miles on the cars. And it just was not a fun, fun thing. And I was just, you know, and I was like, there's got to be a better way. And I was already making money with Webco. And I was like, what if I just focused all of this energy and this time on webco and not on making somebody else's dreams come true let's just focus on my dreams and that's what i did and i mean and i and i went and i and i chased it and i mean you know it wasn't easy at first when you when you go straight into full time and i'm sure y'all can to that but i mean it it was a challenge at first but you got to have that good support group and i had that good support group that was behind me that said hey you can do this we got your back, yada, yada, yada. My wife was my biggest supporter. And without her, I would have never been able to do it. Cause I mean, I didn't want to put her family at a, in a bond at all. And, uh, she basically said, just go do what you want to do. If that's what's going to make you happy, then, then do that. And I mean, that's basically what I did was I went after Webco full time and dedicated hundred percent of my time to it and, and went out and built relationships and, and got new friends, got new clients and just grew the business. And, eventually, you know, that's where I'm at today is, is I love what I do. So, you know, and I I still do, like you all said, I I do divert to other things now. I mean, I have a little bit more time now that I do this and I do get sidetracked on other business ideals that I have all the time. I don't know if y'all can relate to that or not, but that's something I do. I I, I really consider myself a full fledged entrepreneur and I'm always looking for the next best thing. So,
0: yeah, I have a article that I wrote on, I don't don't even know if it's still on Sideways 8's site anymore, but it was basically, I'm an accidental entrepreneur uh, because I didn't realize that I wanted to work for myself and that I wasn't going to be happy, you know, working for other people. I mean, I think, I think it's possible, but I mean, I like, I wanted, you know, some freedom to be able to work on what I wanted to work on. And then the hardest part for me, and this is why I have a, a business partner now is because I'm not good at sales. It's not my strong suit. I don't enjoy it, et cetera, et cetera. When you went out on your own, how did you drum up business?
2: So, I mean, I used my network at the time and then I just literally, I joined the local chambers, I uh, went out, there was, a, it wasn't a BNI and i group, but it was similar to a BNI and i group, if y'all are familiar with that, um, yeah, yeah. and a networking group, and I joined a few of those uh, to see what I could do. But basically, I just went out and built relationships left and right, and, and I learned that if I did what I said I was going to do, and I actually showed up when I said I was going to show up, I'd actually get business. I mean, it was really hard to uh, understand that at first, but I mean... You know, a lot of people don't show up when they're supposed to show up, or they don't do what they say they're going to do. And I've never really been one to overpromise and not be able to deliver. And I and I think that that's what's helped me out tremendously with that. Uh, but a lot of my clients, I mean, a biggest portion of my clients have all come from word of mouth. I've never really actually done any major advertising by any means uh, for my company. I just go out and I build relationships. And I mean, I think 2016 was the first WordCamp I ever went to. And that was in Atlanta. And I think that's where I actually met you for the first time, Micah. I absolutely loved it. And then I've just been a WordCamp addict ever since. As far as sales, the thing that helped me the most with sales, I would have to say... Would be when I had the mobile app company, the partner that I had, he was very outgoing. He could sell an Eskimo ice and he literally taught me a lot about sales. And now I don't have a problem with sales. I can sell anybody anything pretty much. And and at least that's the way I feel anyways. Uh, It doesn't bother me at all now. But used to when I first started out, sales was not my strong suit. You know, it kind of grows on you after you figure out what, what to do and so on.
1: You mentioned that your first WordCamp, what was the, um, and I know you said you started out doing HTML and then got into some Joomla and some of that stuff. So what was kind of your first introduction to WordPress and how did you decide that that was a good route?
2: Yeah. So the first time I ever got introduced to WordPress, I believe it was either 2.9 or 3.0, somewhere in the 2009, 2010 era. And that was, I had a client call me out of Colorado that he basically was uh, wanting a blog for his website well Joomla did blogging but to be honest I didn't like it and I went and you know I think I googled what's the best blog out there and WordPress popped up so I was like okay I'll do him I'll design him a a blog in WordPress so he had his Joomla website with a blog link over to a blog that was on WordPress uh, that was on a subdomain and that was the first time I actually ever messed with WordPress and I I started liking it. And then eventually I I went all full-fledged WordPress and got away from Joomla totally. Um, And that would probably be the first time I ever messed with WordPress from the beginning was about the 2009 era.
0: Yes. I think I started with 2.8 2, 2.8 or 2.9. So that'd be 08, 09 era. Um, but a question for you, uh, do you still have Joomla sites that you manage?
2: Oh my gosh. Let me tell you, you're going to laugh right now. <laughs> I have one client that has a 1.0 website right now. Nice
0: because you can't upgrade i'm sure yeah
2: literally i do not even know how that thing works anymore i've literally got him on a separate server that's on his own hosting platform and everything and i was like i'm not offering any kind of he's just does not want to do anything but other than that that's the only i have one client that's still got a Joomla 1.0 website and i don't even touch anymore that's not awesome that's that's sad
0: uh I don't know. I don't know. Um I, I upgraded a uh a Joomla site and I know this is a WP you know podcast here, but I'm gonna talk about Joomla. I upgraded a one point five to a two point seven um and it it took forever. Um you know wordpress is just the you know you click a button um oh yeah you know, hope it doesn't break anything and it almost never does break anything uh so it's it's definitely a on the business side of things it's a lot easier to um sell uh wordpress than really any other cms that i had i'd looked into way back when but now i'm you know waist deep or neck deep in wordpress so but Interesting. Is there is there anything you've done as far as marketing? Like, have you done much SEO or is it all just word of mouth? Because like my business partner, I just, I say that all he does is shake hands all day.
2: Well, I mean, you know, I do pretty much what he does. Are you, I'm, I'm going to refer, I think I'm saying, I think you're talking about Adam. Is that correct?
0: Oh, I didn't know if you knew Adam. So, yeah,
2: Uh, yeah, there's 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 only a few people that were for doors at WordCamps and he's one of them. So there you go. (laughs) And and I'm I'm probably the other one. Exactly. (laughs) Nice. But uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I, I have, you know, did some work on SEO for my sites and stuff like that, but nothing traumatic or anything like that uh, you know, most of my business, I mean, honestly, still word of mouth and just going out and meeting people and building relationships. And, you know, one of the best things and the best resources I could tell anybody starting out in this industry is to go out and, especially if you're a web designer, go out and build a good relationship with a computer repair shop because that doesn't do web design and you will get a ton of referrals from that computer repair shop. And I mean, we've done that and we, we literally get a ton of referrals from some computer repair shops. Uh, and uh, it's worked out really good for us because I mean, they don't have any use of, or they don't have any need of offering it. So they, they send us their clients and we send them our clients when they want computer work done, if that makes any sense. So we build a meaningful relationship just by referring to each other people.
1: Yeah. It's easy to get roped in at least uh, within my family to uh, computer repair when the reality is I'm not really a specialist in that.
0: <laughs> I'm always the, uh, it guy, uh, for my, uh, my aunts, uncles, nephews, and nieces and <laughs> everybody. So, um, and it's funny cause I mean, I used to build PCs and stuff like that. Now I'm pretty much do web stuff. So a lot of times I don't really know what I'm doing, but I figure it out. I guess I know more than other people in my family. So I'm by default that guy. So it's not so bad. I don't think.
2: Yeah. That's uh that's a fun thing in my family. People all the all time. They're like, since you're the tech guy, can you come over and fix this problem? And I'm like, ah, yeah, I usually have somebody do that for me now. So, um, and it, it's just, it's sometimes I've found out that sometimes when I say, yes, I'll do something, it turns into the biggest nightmare ever. And, It'll it'll be something that should be so simple, but yet you'll be spending two three hours trying to fix it. So,
0: yeah, I I can relate. It's it's one of those things when it comes to business, and a client will say, "Hey, can you do this?" And I look at it real quickly, like, "Yeah, we can do that." And a lot of times, I don't really get all of the different um, aspects of how they're using that tool. Uh, The tool looks simple, um, but it sometimes you need a little more, um, understanding before you like quote and set lock in an hour, um, you know, or an estimate. Um, so you said you don't do a lot of that stuff. Uh, you have other people do stuff. So how many people do you have, uh, working within your company?
2: So, um, initially when I first started full, uh, full time, uh, it was just myself. And then I had, uh, my wife, she did all the, uh, billing and invoicing and so on. Um, after a while i was like you know i can't do everything and i need to hire more people so what i did was i actually um i hired some uh I hired a developer i hired a uh a graphic designer and um they still work for me today um now mine aren't the conventional type that you think of they aren't in-house i have outsourced my graphic design and my uh, uh developer uh, and they are from the philippines um, uh, but we talk on a daily basis. We meet every morning, um, and we work through that method. And, uh, I've actually spoke about it at word camps before, um, about how you can go and hire a VA and help your business and grow your business. Um, and that's basically the way I've grew my business is by having two other people that I can rely on doing stuff that I can't do or that I don't want to do, um, and I can go out and do what I want to do in my business, like promote it and shake hands and, and sell and, and then have them do most of the work if I need them to, or just help them if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, makes perfect sense. Um, I always like to ask about processes from the standpoint of productivity. So outside of just the normal, you know, yeah, I've got a team, I can work from a higher level now. How do you otherwise leverage your time in a day to be more productive?
2: So I, I don't make a list that's 10 items deep a day. I make a, a basically a checklist every, every morning of about three things that I want to accomplish for that day. And I felt that if I only do three things, I usually finish all three things. If I do a checklist for 10 things, I'm not going to get all 10 done. So I set a realistic expectation of only... Not doing the minimal, but I know that those three things need to get done. And then if I have extra time, I'll work on some other stuff and get other stuff done. But um, I, I usually, you know, basically make my checklist uh, three things a day. And I set my schedule ahead uh, about a week ahead. So I know what I'm going to work on next week, this this coming week. Um, and it just makes it a lot easier for me. And, you know, I, I manage my client flow and my email all through my email and Trello and stuff, and I keep everything up to date there um, and I just that's the way i've I've done it I mean that's not the most common sense way to do it, but that's the way it works for me
0: I disagree my whole team does that. Adam, you know he's he's Mr. Productivity. He has list of list of list. But we started implementing that within our team. Um, so every morning we have kind of a Scrum call, uh, and I'm sure the Agile people would say I'm, we're not. I shouldn't use that word, right? But I mean it's basically a Scrum call for the team, and we just list the three things or three to five things that you're going to get done that day, and what we did yesterday, and if there's any blockers, but just kind of having having a shorter list versus a, a big list that's, I mean, really not manageable, um, it, it's kind of nice to just know, okay, I got three things done. Even though they might seem simple, you're still just kind of moving moving things forward.
2: Yeah. And I, I, the reason I did that, that list, I read a book one time. It was called how to eat an elephant. Have you ever read that book? No. And it's basically you eat an elephant one bite at a time. You don't eat the whole thing all at once. And, and that's basically what you do. You want to work on the littler things first and then eventually it'll lead up to the big thing. So, um, and that's the way I basically took control of my scheduling and so on. And that's good to hear that you all do that as well. Cause I didn't know anybody else was like that. So,
0: Yeah, uh, Adam talked about some kind of five, five, five. So we have these five things we're going to get done this year in a in a spreadsheet. I hate spreadsheets. Um, But uh, and then five things you're getting done that month and then five things each week. Uh, And then we have each day. There's three things that we try to get done. Like my, my wife likes to say, I'm I'm a really good starter. I'm really good at starting things. Um <laughs> the finishing is kinda of, kinda of the problem, you know, but I have to come back through and make sure I did get those those three things done. But shifting topics a little bit here, you said you've been going to WordCamps uh ever since. I know that you spoke in two thousand and seventeen uh in Atlanta. Uh what are, what are you doing when it comes to the WordPress community?
2: So, um, I try to go out and speak as many as I can that I get invited to, uh, to speak at or accepted to rather. Um, so I've spoken, uh, I've spoken Atlanta. I've spoken, in, um, Wilmington, uh, Raleigh. Uh, let's see where else. Uh, there's a few others. Um, but I've spoken a few. And then I also uh, started a WordPress meetup here locally in my area. Uh, and that is a really hard thing to start a meetup. Um, uh, because I mean, you know, you can get disheartened really fast. Uh, I remember the first time, the first day I had it, there was one person that showed up and I'm like, really? What are interest interested in this? And then the second time I had it, I think there was three people. The third time I had a visitor come in and I promoted the crap out of it. And I think there were 14 people show up. And then the next time there was two people. So I haven't really figured out how to make the meetup work yet, but I'm still working on trying to get a meetup here in the WordPress area or in the Jot City area uh, started and actually to worry it'll actually benefit a lot more people. Um, But that's a challenge. I have to have to get some people to help me with that one. So any pointers, I'll take them.
1: One of the things I think has always been the case is it's really hard to get developers particularly to show up to anything because they're always busy working at their computer and they don't want to leave. <laughs> but, you know, when it comes to users or marketers or business people, they're more likely to show up. But uh, but again, you know, people are busy in general. I think one of the things that we were going to play around with a bit is is actually doing a combination maybe of uh, virtual meetup with an actual meetup just to get more involvement, like live broadcasting, what we're talking about at the local meetup. You know, maybe there's only a couple of people there, but maybe five other people could join remotely, at least get some consistency in people getting involved at least.
0: Don't feel bad. Even in the Atlanta area, I remember one time, this was 2016, I think. We were at General Assembly, which is a, it's a good place for us to meet and it looked like we're going to have about 30 people show up and there were three. Um, so I don't know if like traffic was bad or it was raining or something, but I mean, it it is hard, at least for me, to uh, get people to show up on a regular basis. I mean, we all, we're all busy. But I will invite you to speak at the Atlanta WordPress uh, meetup if you would like to. <laughs> I'm always looking for speakers, so I'm always trying.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't mind at all. And I mean, you know, I lucked out this last, I guess it was three months ago. I, th- I think that's when WordCamp Birmingham was. Um I picked up the the role as working with known hosts, and, and basically they're going to send me all over the place and be, I guess, in a way, their brand ambassador, if you want to say that, slash happiness engineer. And And I'm looking forward to that because, I mean, I was already going to all these WordCamps, and I was doing it all just out of my own pocket, but now they're going to help with that. So it's, it's even it's even more, so I'm going to get a lot more active within the WordPress community that way as well. Um, But, yeah, I would love to come to Atlanta sometime and and speak at your meetup if you really want me. That'd be fun. I'll
0: send you an email later talking about it because it helps, I mean, to have different people. I I don't like to have the Aaron show (laughs) where I'm speaking every every week. And that's honestly was one reason why we didn't have a lot of meetups uh, earlier this year. It's just uh, hard to you kind of get burned out if you're, you know, having to come up with the topic every time.
2: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did with uh, this WordPress John city meetup uh, was, I was just like, Every time I turn around, I'm having to do this by myself. And I was like, this is hard. (laughs) So, I mean, you you run out of stuff to talk about. And then you're like, I don't even know if anybody's even listening. So,
0: uh, it's all good. It'll grow. So, but I'm sure the smaller the town, the harder it is. Micah, one time he did a presentation in the, was it the Tucker library? I think Micah. Oh yeah. Um, that how did you how did you promote that was it just you told the the library
1: so my uh grandfather was actually a part of the friends of tucker library group essentially which is affiliated with the library and ultimately you know he was like hey you should come do a program and i was like okay sure um so i basically talked with a few people and we set up a, a date and gave them some information. They actually did all the promotion for me. I didn't have to do anything. And they just promoted it through their regular library activity. I showed up the day of, it was a Saturday morning. It was supposed to start when the library opened, but I got there and, uh, and I was wondering why there were so many people in line at the library. Uh, we ended up having 54 people come in for that particular event. (laughs) Um, and you know, I was expecting people to walk in the door and go into the library, but, we were just to the left as you came in and everybody just circled on through. It was exciting to see that many people who were interested in WordPress. But interestingly, we tried to do it again the next year. Apparently, the library didn't promote it as well and we had eight people show up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I showed up for that one. I showed up for the second one because I was thinking there's going to be even more people. So it's a ebb and flow really on, on people.
2: Yeah, I mean, I meet up with um, the organizers for Knoxville meet up here in the next month. And we're going to talk about basically trying to get it situated to where we could possibly eventually have a, uh, work, uh Word uh, camp Knoxville, uh, which I think is very much needed in this area. Um, I would, I would love there, there to be a Word camp Knoxville that's an hour and a half away. I mean, we have a word camp Asheville. It's 45 minutes from where I live. I don't know if you've ever went to it or not. I think, Mikey, you just come there to work in Asheville.
0: Yep. I've been there.
2: So, Yep. Um Asheville's a beautiful city too, so
0: well if you guys have a Knoxville uh one, I'll uh, I'll head up there. That's a sh- I mean relatively short drive from Atlanta. So my guess would be what, like two and a half. Well yeah, let us let us know about that. I guess. Uh, Micah, you wanna ask uh the final question? Dun dun dun. We need to get sound added to that. I'll I'll see if uh our, the guy that edits this if he could, you know, put some audio in there. Dun dun dun. <laughs>
1: We we need a good theme song, yeah, for the uh, for the question. Uh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, the question here it is: If you had to start back at square one, what would you do differently?
2: <laughs> you know, I would have probably went in a lot faster than I did. I wouldn't have waited till two thousand nine. I would have, I would have probably just went ahead and took the risk and, and did it a lot sooner. I would have hired a lot sooner. I would have realized that I couldn't do everything a lot sooner. And, I mean, I think that was one of the biggest things that was holding me back was I was under the impression that I couldn't trust anybody and nobody could do it as good as me. Uh, And that's basically extremely false. There's people out there that can do everything better than you. Uh, You just got to find the right ones and you got to trust people. And uh, I would have definitely, definitely hired people a lot sooner than than I did uh, when I first started out. And uh, I think that would have helped me out tremendously, get a lot further than what I am now. Take a little
0: more risk, I guess.
2: Yeah, I would have definitely taken a lot more risk. And I love taking risks now. It's fun. I mean, I'll pretty much do anything. You all could call me tomorrow and say, hey, let's start a business. I'm like, I'm game. What are we doing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you go to take some sort of risk and you're always afraid that things are going to go worst case and you never stop and think too much a lot uh, You know, most people just way overdo the risk factor and don't, you know, look at it with a eye of reality.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I really love fedoras yep. and, and Micah, you know this. <laughs> so uh I, I actually donated a, a fedora to each one of Micah's kids while we was in Asheville. Uh, but I absolutely love fedoras. And I was just like one day I told my wife and she said, you're crazy. Uh, I about said a curse word just then, but I did. not I caught myself. Um, But anyway, she said, you're crazy. I told her, I said, I'm going to open a Fedora website. She said, you're going to do what? And I just started a website selling Fedoras and, and it's, it's going okay. Not great, but it's something I love to do. And I mean, and that's what's even better about in our industry. What we can do is if you know how to do what we know how to do, then you can pretty much do anything you want to do on the web. Um, if you want to start a website for selling candy, you can sell a website for candy or, or whatever it is. And and we don't have to pay all that money out of the pocket. We can do it ourselves in our spare time and, and try to capitalize on that if we want to. So that's just, you know, one of my other thoughts, I guess.
1: And one of the big benefits of doing that is when you go in and you give it a shot and you learn a few lessons, then you have a client that comes along doing the same kind of thing you are a lot more knowledgeable and helpful, too, for them. So, So Mickey, what is the best way for everybody to get a hold of you? What are your websites, Twitter handles, and all those good things?
2: Well, I only use Twitter when I go to WordCamp, so uh, I'm very guilty of that. Uh, But my handle is uh, Mickey Trivet and my website's webkousa.com, or if you want to email me, it's mickey at webkousa.com. And that's pretty much how I'm available. Um, if nice. you tweet me, I'll probably not tweet you back until I go to a camp because I'm serious, I hardly ever use Twitter.
1: <laughs> and if and if somebody wants to buy a fedora from you, where do they go?
2: Uh, that would be clubfedora.com, clubfedora.com. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we really enjoyed having you on, Mickey. Thanks for joining us,
2: yes, sir. And if you need anything else, just let me know. I appreciate y'all.